Imagine how much you'd learn if you could ask your personal heroes anything you want about their life and their secrets to success. In each episode, we get to do that. This is the Playground Broadcast. Where everyone plays and no day is the same. My name is Mark. I'm currently a ninth grader in Jakarta Intercultural School, obviously in Indonesia, Jakarta. My main interests are in probably history, humanities, social studies, politics, international relations, those areas. I'm really big into like MUN. Uh, debate is a big thing as well. Book speaking and yeah, those subjects around in school. My name is Scott Schaffner. I've been a history teacher in international schools and in New York City for over 20 years. I've done some school leadership uh, as well. And before I was uh, a history teacher, I was actually a lawyer in, in New York and in Florida. I've always been interested in history. In my undergraduate university degree, bachelor degree was in history. That's that's a little bit about me. Okay. So with that out the way, I think we can start with the actual content, right? which is the topic of this discussion is determining if we can make history discussions fun. So let's get into our first actual question. Okay, So history to many people is usually like a boring subject, right? So can we get your thoughts on why people can think it's a boring subject? Well, I think I think a lot of students, um, and I'll include myself in that because I was a student, you know, for, for many years. Think of history as a boring topic because of the way it's taught. And I think a lot of times students have experienced a history class or a social studies or a social science class in a way where there is one person, the teacher, in the front of the room, and maybe they're speaking in a monotone voice like I'm doing right now a little bit, and they're talking about names of famous people or historical figures and dates, and maybe they show a map, but that they're in the front of the board, the students are sitting there, they're listening to this monotone voice about something that happened a long time ago, and they're asked to take notes because they know they'll be tested on names and dates and places and times, and that's pretty boring, and that's not really, um, Students tend not to see why it matters to them. You know, why should I listen or why should I care or why should I be interested in this? Of course, they want to, you know, get a good grade on, on the test or the assessment. So they'll, they'll try to study and do, give what the teacher wants. But when the teacher, I think when, when class, when history class is taught that way, it's less engaging for students. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree. Like adding on, there's a lot of topics that people want to discuss in history. And the ones taught in school, the system that they put in place, where there's several units and you're going to be learning that unit for a long time, essentially, mm -hmm. I think that really lacks that certain aspect of like, not maybe like, I guess maybe continuity might be the word, as in, in the aspect that students want to learn more or students want to learn other things as opposed to one like certain one yeah. certain topic and one certain topic that's taught especially taught too long right yeah. they want to be learning something new or at least like analyzing a new topic rather than just sitting in a classroom listening to one person and like taking notes just because they know that they're going to be have 
they're gonna be having a test and they're gonna have to memorize dates, doors, places, and people. Right, and I think I think one of the keys to making it more interesting is for there to be less memorization, right? So, so it shouldn't be about asking what questions or when questions. What I mean by that is to say, on a test, you know, what happened in 1776, or or when did the World War One begin, or those types of questions. Those are kind of just rote memorization, right? Uh, the teacher yeah. tells you, you read it in a book, and then you have to spit it back. I think when when history is taught in a way when students are are encouraged to ask, why did this happen, you know, or when did it happen? Those are very different thinking processes. To answer a question of why did something happen, you have to look at things a little bit like you said, like in a debate, right? On the one hand, there's this and this, but on the other hand, there might be this and this. You know, I encourage when I teach history to say there is no black and white. There is no right or wrong answer. Now, that sounds weird to people sometimes because they think what happened in the past happened in the past. Those are facts. And we just need to know the facts of what happened. But I disagree with that significantly. I think none of us were alive and witnessed the events that we're studying in a book. Right. So we only know what we know from what other people wrote about it or recorded. And when I say recorded, that can mean with a video camera and audio recording and writing was, was also a way of recording things for thousands of years. And before that, it was oral history, right? So we're not, we're not actually studying what happened, but we're studying what people are telling us what happened. And so when you dive deeper into that, you realize that Everybody has biases. Everybody's version of events of what happened is different. And when you can look at history that way, I think it becomes a little bit more interesting. I I give you an example is in a lot of a lot of experiments have shown this. If you had 10 people witness the same event, let's just say something as simple as a car accident. Yeah, uh, a red car and a, and a, and a, uh, a blue car get into a car accident and you ask 10 people exactly what happened their stories are going to differ a little bit you know yeah now how and why that that is is an interesting study in human psychology and and human beings but just in that little example you can see what happened as a fact is actually really subject to interpretation it's subject to people's perspectives their biases and when you dive deep into history you can see that that's that's a lot more than just telling me what year did this happen or who was the leader of germany in this year that's a that's a very different way of approaching the the, the discipline of history i think yeah i think that's a really good point that you bring up like especially also the importance right because to a certain extent figuring out why it something happened figuring out why a war happened is far more important than figuring out like figuring out when it happened what happened right because we can there's also there's also a really clear pattern right now with since probably the cold war as well right the cold war was caused because of a lot of tension and still now there's a lot of tension right it's a very recurring thing like uh like the famous saying right history repeats itself sure it's yeah it's a really important thing that we figure out why and we analyze rather than we're just like listing dates and listing 
this thing what happened where and when it happened right i agree you know i think you're right history repeats itself i think the another or the similar quote is those who don't understand history are doomed to repeat it right so when yes. you're understanding history it's less of the facts of the what and the when and it's much more of the how and the why i teach history in in central europe right now and you know the war in the ukraine i think another another aspect of of understanding and making history engaging for students they have to see how something that happened 100 200 years ago actually impacts the world that they're in today and yes, if, yes. if you can't make that link of course it's going to be boring because this is something that maybe happens far away that has no impact on your life and like students ask who cares why do i need to know this how why, why does this matter but it, but a teacher should have that part of his or her job is to is to make that clear and to understand that yes this does impact your life and let's look at that and so i think that's really important i think when you look at things like you know we also tend to look at history we paint a a, a real brush of saying well, there was good guys and there was bad guys, you know, and that's a really, really dangerous and bad thing to do, I think, when you look at history, because we we look at history through the glasses of hindsight. In other words, when we look at something that happened, we know how it ended. We know what the effects were. Yeah. yeah. To be a person at that time to, and to make decisions that had to be make made at the time. You can't you can't put yourself truly have empathy and understand when you're talking, you know, in the year 2023. Right. So so that's another another thing to consider. I think when you look at, for instance, you know, an easy example might be, you know, the rise of Hitler. And of course, most people, they think of Hitler as an evil human being. Right. For good reason. But but what about the millions of German people who were not evil, but either went along or voted for Hitler or supported him either tacitly or implicitly or whatever it is like how could that happen right those weren't even not, not all of those people weren't evil bad people so the how that happened and the why it happened a great depression a fear of communism po political polarization something that's very alive in the world today you're either left or right there's no room for coming to common ground and finding diplomacy or, or debate or rational debate, you know, less and less, unfortunately, maybe in some places, a lot of places, that's when you can see the patterns that, that do impact our life. And I think, for instance, MUN that you participate in, you know, making history class more a little bit of a debate, right, to see that there's different sides and to have to take a side and be a German person in 1933. And why might nazi ideals or 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 uh domestic program uh, economically appeal to you it doesn't necessarily mean you supported genocide it it you have to have the context that yeah that that really digging a little deeper into history can give you yeah i think another good point it's that's very very similar to the one you just mentioned is that history is written by the winners right we yeah, like for example, we paint Hitler as a really bad guy, and I would also say he is a pretty bad guy for obvious reasons. But if, for say, let's say, like if Hitler won the war, it would have been completely different. 
he would have our been... understanding of everything, Mark. Absolutely, yeah. both of our lives, arguably every person on Earth's lives would be different yeah, yeah. today. Right? And and yeah, I mean, I think Winston Churchill had a great quote on that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it exactly as he said it, but he said history is gonna remember him really well. He said because I'm gonna write it. So one of the first things Churchill did after he was after he was elected out after the war was to write the, his his version of his leadership during World War II. So of course it made him look like a superhero, right? Because he wrote the history. And yeah. and when you look at a lot of the history that we look at, right, they're written still. A lot of the textbooks are white men, white Western men, not all, and that's changing. And that's I think that's I think when we look back in 50 years from now at this time period, we'll see a significant shift. In, in how history is recorded and, and written and looked at. But that's another good example to say that history changes, maybe not the names and the dates and the times, but how we look at history and how we consider it. I'll give you another example if you want to listen, if I'm not boring you. But Woodrow Wilson, after World War One, Europe was ravaged, right? And they had a treaty in the 14 points and that was going to, you know, in these ideals of creating a League of Nations, the forerunner to the United Nations, of having an international body that would look out for people's individual rights, the uh, nation states that, you know, colonies, Africa and, and Asian places that had been and, and, and I mean, really all over the world, South Central America, that these people that people had a right to self-determination, these these ideals were were you know remarkable for the time and a lot of people thought this was a chance to to make life better for human beings on on the planet because it would it would be a marked difference than every generation going to war so wilson is considered you know there's very few cities in europe that don't have a, a woodrow wilson street or 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 square or something to celebrate that you know woodrow wilson and churchill who i mentioned earlier by today's standards, were absolute racists. They saw that brown and 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 uh, dark-skinned people, non-white, non-Caucasian white men, were actually biologically inferior. They really believed that, right? And they were proponents of that race theory. So that's a remarkable difference. And there's lots of these differences in histories that you can say this guy was a hero. The great man theory of history that men that great men make history, but in reality, today we would say, what a, what a what a you know what a racist. At the time, he was people were welcoming with open arms. So just an example, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, that's really that's 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 a, I think that's a new perspective for me as well for World War Two and everything. Yeah. So I think I think uh, we've already covered that pretty well. Let's move on to the next question. So we've already discovered that history is, we've already discussed that history is pretty important, right? How important do you think history is? And do you think that it should be a priority in schools to teach? I do. I, I think, you know, I think um, there should be a basic level of understanding of history uh, that every student should be exposed to. Right. Obviously, as you get higher in your educational levels, you get to ch you, you should choose things that are, you're interested in and more passionate about. But yeah. if you look at history as simply, maybe not simply, but if you look at history as as understanding 
how and why things are today in the world that we live in, what could be more important than that, right? I mean, obviously health and science, are, but, but it's certainly as, in my opinion, as important as anything else to try and make sense of anything. And we could play, you could throw anything out at me and we could probably, we could figure out, you know, there's lots of problems in the world. We don't need to, we don't need to go into that. I think we all know that. And there always have been. But to understand how and why we got to this point, until you do that, solutions are are much, much more difficult. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I, I think uh, it's imperative to that, that, everybody understand to help make sense of of why things are the way they are the good and the bad yeah definitely i think the thing that should be prioritized in history to make it like really important or to make students see it as important is as we mentioned looking for why right but not only like why something happened but how we're going to prevent it in the future right because as i say history repeats itself how can we stop history from repeating itself and I yeah. think a really good way of looking at that is first we have to analyze the history itself, right? We have to analyze number one, how it happened, number two, why it happened, and number three, how we can prevent it from happening again, right? Because it's already repeating, and even though it's probably in everyone's heads that we shouldn't repeat probably like World War One, World War Two, it's not that easy to actually do, right? Like, for example, Russia and U the U.S., they have completely opposing ideologies in so many subjects. And it's not, it's pretty, it's really difficult. It's really difficult for them to get together and discuss a topic without actually fighting, right? As we can see in the war with Ukraine right now, there's so many proxy wars that they've uh, joined. And just because Russia or the U.S. is involved in that war, they, the opposing side has joined it just because just so they can beat the U.S. or they can beat Russia. And I think what's really important is that we just look at that, we deeply analyze it, we see why it's happening. And in the future, as students and as the future leaders of this world, I think it's really important if we just analyze it and we see how we can stop it, so how we, how we can prevent it in the future again, right? What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I think... I think that, you know, you use the word analyze and that's the key, right? Because there, there is no, going back to something I said earlier, there is no black or white. There are no easy answers. I'm, I'm a Western white male, right? So I have my biases. I was born in the U.S. I've lived in Europe for a long time now. So I have a Western with a capital W, you know, bias, whether I like it or I realize it or not, you know, when I look at things. And I hate what I see right now with the war in the Ukraine. But at the same time, you know, I, I try to look at the Russian perspective, right? And I try to understand, I don't think all Russians are bad people. How I, I, I hope nobody thinks that way, right? So how is it that Russian people could support something like this? That's an example of a really important question. When we look at you know, future future conflicts, right? Like, how does this idea start? Where do, where does it? You know, you, we talk about in history the causes of things, right? But there's long term, there's short term. Of course, there's always social, there's political. Economics is a huge impact we know in today's world. I yeah. think we tend to paint over sometimes some of the successes that the world has had 
You know, when you look at some of the things that an organization like the United Nations has done, I think there's a lot of good that has happened in the world. And we do tend to, the media does tend to dominate with the negative in the world. But I think there's millions of people in the world with a better life because we have learned from the past to some extent. Yeah. So um, I think I think trying to be balanced and trying to look at different perspectives is the key, because without having real empathy and being able to sit down and have that discussion, you know, which we don't, we're not going to see. I don't think we're going to see anytime soon uh, the European Union or, or the leaders of the United States or NATO sit down with with uh, with Putin or his close advisors. You know, why isn't that ever going to happen? Right. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they will. But but yeah. but just the fact that these human beings can't come together to try and empathize with each other and understand and come to an agreement that's that's concerning right so there's deep there's deep reasons for that you know i would argue mark that in this example we're talking about that the cold war you know most people think oh when the cold war ended when the soviet union fell in 1989 91 i would argue it never ended i think we are still in a cold war of of an ideology different ideologies between the west and a Russian Orthodox kind of uh, historical view on things. And, and you know, that's uh, that's part of understanding where we are, because things that have went on even when the Russian Revolution before that, 1917. So yeah, there's direct links to understanding things that, that are over 100 years old, right, that people are taught this is why we shouldn't trust the West. This is why we shouldn't trust the United States or France or, or Great Britain. And and maybe some of those reasons are legitimate. Yeah, I think we we did already uh, answer the question, which is determining if we can make history discussions fun. And uh-huh. primarily, the answer is yes. I, I, I uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think from what I got from this history uh, this discussion is that yes, it can be fun, and yes, it's an it's an important subject. We just have to be answering the right questions instead of instead of focusing primarily on like questions like what, when, where, we should be uh, prioritizing how and why, right? Yeah, I think that's a that's a, a really good starting point because that can go deep just in itself, right? Yeah. When you look at things as a debate, different perspectives, tie it to modern day, I think that makes it more engaging and it helps students understand why this is important. Okay. Okay, I think that's a good conclusion. Do you want to leave at this note or is there anything yeah. else you want to I think that's it. I appreciate it and uh, happy to talk more when and if we have the opportunity. Okay, thank you. Okay, have a good Sunday. (laughs) All right, see ya.